0: Welcome to Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker. On this episode of Mouthful, I talk with Eileen Lambert, founder and president of the Colorado Pet Pantry, a food bank for pets. Mouthful is sponsored by ccfdocumentation.com. Let CCF develop your e-learning or instructional video training. From training assessment to course creation and LMS administration, CCF is your one-stop training resource. Check them out at ccfdocumentation.com. The Colorado Pet Pantry is an organization that partners with human food banks to distribute pet food for those in need. They are still working at this time. Please visit their website, coloradopetpantry.org, to find their schedule and to see what their social distancing protocol is. Idly Lambert, president and founder of Colorado Pet Pantry, joins me on this episode to talk about her amazing organization. The
1: Colorado Pet Pantry is a pet food bank and we started in 2013 and as of 2020 we now have 60 pet food bank locations where we're just helping people to keep the animals that they already have in their family and it also has the benefit of reducing overpopulation in animal shelters as well. Well tell us what the Pet Pantry does. So we have pet food banks, and right now we have the 60 pet food banks along the Front Range. So they go all the way from Antonito, which is right at the New Mexican border, all the way up to Loveland. And one of our big things that we're going to do this year is we're expanding to the Western Slope. Wow. That's been been a long time in the making. Uh, It's been a process because we had to figure out how to get the food and resources over the mountains. But we've actually um, had some breakthroughs on that. And so now it is imminent that we're going to expand to the Western Slope, starting probably with Grand Junction and Cortez and then blossoming from there. So we have pet food banks, but then we also run a program called the Animal Welfare Share Program. And that's where we work with about 90 organizations. Most of them are animal rescues. And then we have some veterans associations or veterans groups and domestic violence um, groups that are um, advocacy groups. Basically any group that's working with either animals or people who have animals that are struggling to feed them, we'll invite them to join the SHARE program And it really is a SHARE program because a lot of these organizations, especially animal rescues, have supplies that they don't need, but then there are supplies that they do need. So we just have this area within our warehouse, which is in Inglewood, Colorado, where um, these different organizations can drop off things that they don't need and pick up the pet accessories and pet food that they do need, either for their foster animals Or if it's, you know, a veterans organization for the veterans uh, who might have animals, that kind of thing. That program has been a huge, huge hit. Um, So between those two programs, we're really getting out a lot of food. And you just started with one pet pantry, right? It was in Denver? We started in 2013 and... Really didn't know exactly what this was all going to become. It all sort of morphed over time, and uh, we started with one location just to see how it went to be sure there was need, and we saw there was a lot of need, and um, and there was a lot of uh, pet food or human food banks that would call us and say, "Hey, we want you to come and distribute pet food here." And to the point that we actually had to start a waiting list, you know, to figure (laughs) out, you know, when, which ones made the most sense for us to, to distribute pet food. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just grew over time. Now, you know, after we've had seven years to really, uh, you know, figure out our systems, we've actually created two different ways of doing pet food banks one is open to the public pet food banks that's where we go to each location once a month and we distribute pet food almost always from the parking lot and uh, and we just get the food out to the families that need it so we have 20 of those but then we have 40 locations that we call mini pet food bed banks and, and that's m-i-n-i mini <laughs> and those are ones where we actually partner with groups such as meals on wheels mercy housing aurora housing authority some of the rural uh human food banks that are just too small it doesn't make sense for us to go and set up once a month Mm -hmm. because they may only have 100 clients Mm -hmm. you know in a whole month Um, so in those cases for the mini pet food banks we actually work with an organizer at the partner. Uh, agency and just get them the food that they need and then they distribute it because they already have a way of distributing it Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily make sense for us to come and set up and do our whole shebang. Mm -hmm. And so now we actually figure out what type of pet food bank needs to be in each location, depending on a, you know, a few different parameters and that's really what's helped us to expand so greatly is there's so many pet lovers right. in the state of Colorado and there's, and there's, yes. And it's just, there's so many different, uh, organizations and people that want to help to do this, that we're just trying to collaborate with anyone we can collaborate with.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I love the fact that you've, uh, kind of collaborated with Meals on Wheels because it's been shown that a lot of these people who are getting the meals are giving their meals to the dogs or their animals. And it's really nice to hear that you've you've partnered with them, so the animals are also being fed.
1: That's definitely true, and that's why we chose to partner with
0: human food banks in the first place.
1: Mm-hmm. Because when a human food bank staff thinks about it, they they know that if they're not offering pet food, or if they're not offering enough pet food to the families that come through the doors, some of that food is going to be going to the pets, which Mm -hmm. isn't good for the pet, it's not good for the family, Mm -hmm. and it's definitely not good for the Human Food Bank either because that's not what their mission is in the first place.
0: Why did you start the Colorado Pet Pantry?
1: About nine years ago, I was volunteering at a local animal shelter, the Dumb Friends League, and I realized that people were relinquishing animals that they didn't always necessarily want to relinquish. After doing research, I realized there's three reasons, the top 3 reasons why people relinquish animals. One is housing, the next is veterinary costs, and then the next is pet food, lack of pet food. And I just had it in the back of my mind, but the the lack of pet food sounded like the easiest one to solve because I knew I had pet food in my cupboard that was, you know, my animals didn't like it, and I I knew that everyone has, you know, anyone who's a uh, animal lover has food in their house that, you know, the, the cat turns its nose up at this. <laughs> and so it felt like a solvable issue to me. And I wasn't really planning to start an organization around it. I hadn't even had that concept until I heard a uh, news broadcast about a pet food bank in Atlanta. And then all of a sudden, all the dots connected. Like, I can help solve this. And get this food out of, you know, basically stop it before it goes to the landfills. Because all of the brands that have pet food, the distributors, people, if it doesn't have a place to go, such as a nonprofit like a pet food bank, it's going to the trash. And so we just, we need to intercept it and keep it out of the landfill and get it to people who actually need it. But sometimes that's just, you know, at least from a business perspective, a pet food brand, if they have food that's about to expire, they just need it out And, you know, what's the fastest thing to happen? And that's what we really pride ourselves on at the Colorado Pet Pantry is if we get a call that someone has pet food to donate, we go get it. We're very reliable and we're fast because I always want us to be the easiest choice. And one of the things that I love is that, you know, I'll get phone calls from people who say, I don't really want to be calling you about pet food, but I need to pay my rent. And I, and I need to save, you know, this $40. And I, my response is absolutely pay your rent because I can't help you with rent, but I can help you with pet food. And if that can save money for you and for your family, then it actually does go back to helping those first two things that I mentioned, which are the first two reasons why people relinquish their animals, which is lack of housing and veterinary costs. Because if we can help them with pet food and make it to where they have more money all around, then we actually can affect those things and, in general, help all people to be able to keep their animals for the long term.
0: Well, it's interesting that you don't hear the excuse, I can't feed them. When you look at things on social media, it's like, how dare you move? An animal is a lifetime commitment, and everyone jumps ugly on people who have to relinquish their animals, but you never hear the third reason is that sometimes they can't afford to feed those animals
1: I think people will do whatever it takes to keep their animals if they're if they're truly bonded and really want to make it work they'll figure it out i mean housing housing's hard, especially in a place like denver Metro you know and especially when you know some of these housing the, lo- the low income housing people are getting pushed out of them because A new development's going to happen. And so, you know, people are losing their housing. But when it comes to feeding their animal, they will figure it out because they're going to go to the human food bank and get some human food and give it to their pet. They're going to short their family. And, you know, everyone's going to eat a little bit less, which I, like, I feel so bad for kids in that situation because I get it. Like, you don't want to lose your animal. But if everybody's getting short, you know, short uh, less food that's also really hard so we're hoping to compassionately be able to solve that problem by helping them with pet food so that they just have more supply to be able to cover their family and because no one wants to be in this situation
0: how do people take advantage or use your service
1: so for the open to the public Food banks, pet food banks, they come to us once every two months. We're intended to be 50% of the pet food that they need, and they just, it's really easy. They just come, register, they bring their um, ID, and we try to get them in and out as fast as possible. Granted, some of our locations are really popular, so sometimes there's a line with the many pet food banks, that, then that's just in the hands of whoever the coordinator is at the partner agency. So for the housing authorities, the, uh, the representative will get the food that is needed for everyone in the um, housing complex, and they'll distribute it themselves. And so that, that one works really well for people who have disabilities or homebound
0: if people are interested in partnering with you on the Animal Welfare Share program, how do they do that? Do they contact you? How do they get a hold of you?
1: To partner with the Animal Welfare Share program and to become a member of it, potential members would need to contact me. And on our website, if you go under the About Us section, there is a page about the Animal Welfare Share program that will show all of the requirements. And we, we do have several requirements because we do want to make sure that we're getting pet food and supplies to the best of the best organizations out there. And we want to make sure that everyone's been vetted.
0: Do you have any research or any statistics about how the pet pantry has helped in people not uh, giving up their animals?
1: What we know is that the animal shelters all support us. And they all believe that we are helping to assist people to feed their animals. A lot of times if people are going to relinquish an animal, by the time they've actually brought the animal into a shelter, it's really hard to get them to turn around and take that animal back home because they've already broken that tie in their minds and they've already told the kids and Mm -hmm. they've already gotten there. But if someone calls into an animal shelter and says, hey, we're having a hard time feeding this pet. Do you have any resources? The animal shelters will all recommend that they um, talk to us. And so our goal is to get to the people who need us before they get to the point of breaking that bond with their animal. The animal shelters... Um, 100% in Colorado have been supportive of the Colorado Pet Pantry. They all have our flyers. They all give our information out. We're in constant communication with them. And they I know they believe that we are helping them to have more space in their shelter for animals that are truly homeless and that don't already have a family that really loves them and wants to keep them.
0: Give out your website before we go on. Our
1: website is
0: www.coloradopetpantry.org. And that has a list of where you're going to be setting up.
1: We have an events calendar on there which is really useful. Uh, you can just go on and see when the next pet food bank is and hover over it and see if it's anywhere near you or not. Mm-hmm. We also have a list. Um, we have a, an area of the website called um, Get Help. And if you go on there, there's a list of all of our pet food banks that include the open to the public ones and also the mini pet food bank ones. Because sometimes, you know, especially if you're in Sawatch or Antonito, another rural part of Colorado, you may not even realize that the Colorado Pet Pantry is sending pet food down there. Uh, But we are. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you know, and then all of a sudden people realize, oh, then... You know, I should go check it out and see what supplies they have.
0: Yeah, it's amazing that you're just not in the Denver metro area anymore. I follow you on Facebook. And last time I got a post, and this was a while ago, you were in Pueblo. Mm -hmm. So that's very, very nice to see. But you also have the Emergency Pet Food Assistance Program. What is that?
1: So the Emergency Pet Food Assistance Program is for people who realize they need pet food, but the next pet food bank that's... In their area is not for another week, another two weeks, another three weeks, and of course they can't, you know, go that long before getting food. And uh, sometimes it's just a client maybe missed the pet food bank, you know, due to a doctor's appointment. So there, um, anybody is able to contact us and put in a request for the emergency pet, pet food assistance. The catch is you can only do it once. So I always ask people to do it wisely. Uh, but the idea is that you, we're able to get you pet food, and uh, we usually are able to work to facilitate that within about 24 hours. And, but the idea is that after that, we have to get you on a schedule of coming to one of our monthly locations. So it's, um, it's a one-off, but it really helps to help people who are you know, in between
0: And you just don't do dogs. I think a lot of people here at Colorado Pet Pantry and all you do is dogs. You also do other animals. You do cats. Do you do any pocket pets or chinchillas and stuff like that? We're limited to dogs and cats
1: um, simply because it just starts to feel overwhelming past that. Yeah, (laughs) You know, like our warehouse space and... You know how much of each type of food to bring to each food bank. Uh, the way we get our food to the food banks is um, in our volunteers' cars, and so we've just found that we need to limit it to dogs and cats, just so that we don't, so, so that we can actually do a couple things well, rather than trying to be all things to all people.
0: What about people who have animals with special needs? Like you know, some people don't feed their dogs grain or uh, some dogs eat only salmon you know or do you help accommodate that
1: we get a a variety of food that is donated to us and pretty much everything that you just named we can do just with people walking into a pet food bank and saying i can't have chicken or i can't have grain that within our selection of pet food it's diverse enough that we can meet those needs now if someone has a prescription from their vet for special food for their animal we actually do have prescription food as well we don't bring it unless we know someone needs it so in that situation we ask that someone either calls or emails us before the pet food bank that they want to go to And then we can look and see if we have that prescription. We'll ask them for a copy of that prescription. And then we will, if we have it, we will bring it to that pet food bank that they plan to go to. So we try hard to meet the needs. On the other hand, we also will not cater every single brand for a client because that would be impossible to do. You know, first of all, there's a
0: big difference between being allergic to chicken and then only wanting a certain kind of brand for the animal.
1: Yeah, we just would never be able to keep up. And I get it. I mean, I know that I want to feed my animals a certain type of food, but with our resources, you know, know, many volunteers helping to pack everything that goes to the pet food bank and then bring it, there's just no way for us to, to have a
0: certain selection for every person. That makes total sense. If people want to contact you, how do they get a hold of you? My email address
1: is Eileen, which is E-I-L-E-E-N at coloradopetpantry.org. And the phone number is
0: 720-441-3111. If people want to help, how do they help? And there's a long list. So start, let's say, let's start with volunteers.
1: But we always need volunteers. We need volunteers to help us in our warehouse, uh, which is in Inglewood, Colorado. We're going to need volunteers in Grand Junction and in Cortez. We need volunteers at all of our pet food banks. Uh, We definitely could use more volunteers in southern Colorado. Alamosa would be amazing. We have a food bank in Alamosa, but we need more people. Um, There are pet food banks all throughout the Front Range, and there's almost always a slot open at those pet food banks, especially if you look a couple months forward, that's all on our website under volunteers. And there's a button that says volunteer at a pet food bank or an event. We also need people to donate, of course, and um, we make it really easy on our website to either do a recurring donation, which is is my favorite. Mm -hmm. So I always say if you're going to donate $100, take that $100 and divide it by 12. Mm -hmm. and then do that as a recurring donation because it helps nonprofits so much if you can know that every month you have a certain amount of revenue to work with rather than waiting until December, which is when a lot of people donate to find out how much money you have for the next year.
0: Can people donate food? How do they go about donating dog food
1: or cat food? So we have donation bins in about 90 stores across the Front Range, and a lot of them are boutique, pet food stores or veterinarians or groomers. And so you can take that food or this treats or the toys in your cupboard that the dog just isn't using or the cat's not using and just uh, package them up and bring them to any of those locations, which are listed on our website under the button that says give and drop them off. And there's a bin there. You don't have to have bought it at that store. You mm-hmm. just drop it there and then, you know, shop and see if you can find something else that'll work for your animal. <laughs> and um, so we get quite a bit of food that comes through those locations. And another thing that people do, which helps us so much, is they organize uh, pet food drives within their work or maybe within, you know, a group that they're a participant in. Um, some fraternities and sororities, Girl Scouts, those or kinds just of a things. Birthday party. Sure, kids doing birthday parties mm-hmm. with collecting food for us—that's always a hit. That's Ooh, always wonderful. Women
0: getting mm-hmm. together and drinking wine. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, so anytime you know people do a pe- uh, pet food drive for us, then we'll work with them to figure out how to to get the food because usually it's more than we would want to go into one of the donation bins. Mm-hmm. So we'll work out meeting up with them so that we can offload it. And, And basically between all of that and we work with, you know, the areas, pet food makers and pet food distributors, that's where our pet food comes. And then we just then get it out to the people who need it. Do you take opened items? We do take open items. We just ask people that that, that they seal it. And if it's not in its original bag... Then we ask them to write down exactly what's in there because sometimes we'll end up with a bag and it's not marked at all. And I don't know if it's cat food or dog food. Mm-hmm. And even that we'll find a home for, but it's not totally ideal. <laughs> we would like to know exactly what was, what's inside because, you know, people do want to know what they're feeding their animals.
0: If people are interested in starting an, act- an actual pet food bank, how do they do that?
1: if 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 someone wanted to start a pet food bank they would contact me we have you know kind of a process that we go through to decide we we don't want a pet food bank start you know, to start right next to another one right because we're trying to do them as magnets and not necessarily be everywhere so we would want to see where it is the key for us first we have to find the location but then we have to find volunteers who can do it And for a lead volunteer, it's about a seven hour a month commitment and they have to basically get the food, which if you're in the Denver area, that would be getting the food from our Inglewood warehouse. They have to have a large enough vehicle to hold the food, transport the food, and then they need to run the pet food bank and then return anything that's left over. So we call those our lead volunteers. And then there's some Auxiliary volunteers that will come and join them at the pet food bank location and also help distribute So for us, we have to have a location. We have to have committed volunteers And as long as the locations not in an area that we already have a pet food bank We're game, you know, we Mm -hmm. we're happy to try and have as many locations as possible as long as the resources are there to allow it to happen
0: Will you partner with church food banks as opposed to just regular, like a Rocky mountain food bank?
1: We'll partner with any food bank pretty much. Um, You know, as long as they have a track record and have been doing this, you know, for a decent amount of time and everything looks good. It doesn't really matter to us what the structure of the pet food bank is, if it's um, secular or not, we're in in all of the pet food banks that we work with i mean human food banks that we work with there it's a a vast array you know some are run by the city or the municipality and some are run by churches and to me it, it doesn't matter who's running it so our open to the public ones are all in partnership with human food banks whereas the many pet food banks those are in partnership with a variety of types of organizations It's not just food banks. It's other organizations that also have an avenue
0: in order to distribute pet food. Well, give out your contact information one more time.
1: My email is eileen, E-I-L-E-E-N, at coloradopetpantry.org. And my phone number is 720-441-3111.
0: Thank you to Eileen Lambert with Colorado Pet Pantry. To find out more about the organization and to see what their schedule is, visit coloradopetpantry.org. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Whether you want to train your employees or teach your customers how to properly use your equipment or product, or you are wanting to market your expertise to the world, online training is fast becoming one of the most sought after forms of training in the business world today. Providing flexibility as well as consistency, e-learning will get your new hires or customers trained faster and with less resources. At CCF Documentation, we provide customized e-learning solutions geared to proactively and efficiently train your employees or customers with measurable training outcomes. To maximize your training effectiveness, contact CCF Documentation at ccfdocumentation.com. If you have any questions or you would like to be a guest, feel free to contact me at mouthfulthepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. I am also available on all social platforms. With Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Stay fresh, cheese bags.